Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. So whatever sales process you choose, you need to develop your own process. And if signing on the spot fits into that process, hey, it is a great technique. You're listening to Estimate Rocket Radio, the hassle-free online software for service contractors that keep your business running from lead to pay. We want your business to grow, so we make it easy to get your job done. We're talking with Tom Drost of Estimate Rocket about a sales process that gets people closer to yes at the end of an estimate. Now, getting people closer to yes might mean they can sign on the spot, which you need a good tool to help them do that, which Estimate Rocket is. But even if you don't get them to sign, getting them as close as you can to yes is pivotal for them making a decision in your favor in the near future. How do you keep them warmed up to you? How do you build trust so they know you're the right one? How do you know that door to other contractors offering quotes is slowly closing by the time you leave that estimate? Tom talks about these and more. Hey, Tom, welcome to Estimate Rocket Radio. Hi, Chris. Great to be here. Always looking forward to our chats. We have some good discussions, um, and I love we have the outline, and we know what points you're going to get to and all that stuff, but a lot comes out in the conversation as we kick around the topic and we hear from a lot of contractors. Obviously we work with a lot of contractors. And so I think what a lot of people get out of these discussions is perspective, you know, what's happening in the industry. Am I the only sure. one, you know, that whole, I'm, am I the only one syndrome? Right. We all wonder sometimes, <laughs> am I the only one who does this thing? Am I the only one who has these problems? Um, but you know, I, th I think we could lend perspective, especially on this topic of signing on the spot. Um, and not everybody does it. Not everybody yeah. should do it necessarily. I think there's a song with those lines in it, isn't it? <laughs> Probably is. <laughs> well, let me ask you, why is signing on the spot important? Is it important? It can be very important. Um, obviously, if you get your, your prospect to sign on the spot, then there's no opportunity for anyone else to close the deal. You know, another a competitor or whatever. Um it shortens your sales cycle if you close on the spot. So you, you know, you don't have as much as long to wait until you finally hear if they're going to do it. Um, I think it, it does uh, depend partly on the type of work that it is and how long it takes to do your estimates or proposals. Um, because um, if you're not comfortable going to the customer, evaluating what the work is, you know, on the spot, it's going to be hard to, close the deal on the spot unless you actually do it like a sequence of multiple uh, multiple visits where the first visit is to get the information and the second visit is to do a presentation you know there's so there's different you know closing on the spot could can be made up of different animals and one animal is hey I go out I do it I do the estimate I show it to the customer get them to sign that's one model the other model is I send an estimator out the estimator does their work and then I come in and or, or the estimator comes back with a presentation and tries works on getting a signature on the spot. 
Um, that again, you know, there's a little more time obviously involved in, in that operation, but in some cases you really need more than, you know, depending upon the size of the estimate and what's involved in it, you may need more than, you know, the time it takes to do it and have those folks still stay, you know, hanging out there waiting for you to complete your estimate. Okay. And do you think, I know there's some options there, um, and I want to mm-hmm. talk about the different types, but it sounds like maybe if, if there's an option, or maybe this is an assumption of mine, if there's an option mm-hmm. to sign on the spot, and if, if it works for you and you have the tool to do it, mm-hmm. should you develop that as an option, as a kind of a turnkey option that you know how to use, when to use yeah. it? Is that something maybe we could say universally that probably if you're the type of business that has those types of projects and you have the tool to do it, you should probably know how to do that, sign on the spot. Oh, is that fair maybe as a starting point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no, you know, there's no question that that's not an effective method of selling, Okay. you know, but part of it depends upon you though. Not everybody is a, you know, close on the spot person. Um, it, it definitely takes the professional sales mentality to do that. You know, right. personally, I'd have a hard time doing that because that's kind of not my makeup, but that doesn't mean it can't be done very effectively and it can't, and it can be done in a way that isn't, you know, pushy or, um, you know, makes the customer feel uncomfortable or something like they're committing to something that they shouldn't be committing, you know, like like they're being forced to decide too quickly. It can be done in a good way. Um, It's just, it's tricky to do. I imagine too, if you have a good process and a good system, I mean, I'm not trying to constantly refer back to estimate rocket software, but if you have the right tool that it's kind of structured to where you can crank out numbers really fast, show it to somebody, give them the option without doing a hard sell, even if you don't like have the sales training or you don't feel like it's your personality, but it's like an option that they have. It it might, it might kind of skip that step of having to do the hard sell, I guess. No, I mean, it's a very powerful tool. I mean, if you, you know, if you've got your estimating process down uh, and, and this can be for, you know, a wide variety of trades, um, you know, certainly painting, we have concrete lifters that, a lot of them do the close on the spot approach. Um, uh, you know, obviously handyman type folks and, um, you know, roofing might be a tricky one to do on the spot. You, again, you'd have to really have things dialed in, know exactly how your process worked, or you use the two phase process where you, you know, where you, you, the estimate is done sort of prior to the sales visit. Okay. And then the sales visit at the sales visit, you do, you, you know, you work on closing the deal. Yeah. And that saves you a lot of time. Obviously, anytime you can get it done when you're there, obviously it's going to save you some time. You don't want to have to make three visits to the customer site to close it. So if it's one of those situations where you feel like you're going to have to, you know, come back and make that personal presentation multiple times, that gets painful. Um, and I think there's also, um, there's a lot to be said for, and I know a lot of people will ask the questions up front. Um, I know Tom Reber is really big on, um, you know, getting the customer doing like a pre-qualification um, phone call with the person to find mm-hmm. out if they're really, you know, if they're a real prospect. Because obviously, you know, this whole estimating and sales follow-up process takes a lot of time. So mm-hmm. you don't want to waste your time. And if you can, if you can pre-qualify them to a point where you feel really comfortable that, you know, you're going to get it, that if you present things in the right way, that this person is 
you know, going to be able to afford what your, you know, your price is and, and is interested in working with you. Um, if you can get that out of the way up front and even, you know, price bracketing, which I know is another, you know, uh, pre-qualification tool that people use where they say, well, you know, these jobs typically go from five to $10,000 or, you know, 10 to $30,000 or, you know, depending upon, cause some, you know, if it's a remodel job, fact you have no idea what you can you can give them the idea of the build out probably based on space and some square footage and linear foot measurements but there's no way you're going to know what they're going to want to use for appliances so mm. you know but again a lot of people will handle that with a well we've got the you know high medium and low package for appliances so which option are you interested in that's going to give you your your ballpark price so um, a lot of different um, yeah. techniques for that yeah, I was going to say, I mean, kind of what I'm hearing from you is there's a few things that can help. One, knowing um, what type of projects lend itself to sign on the spot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. pre, pre-qualification um, assists that process. So in other words, you're moving the conversation back a little bit to where instead yeah. of them being like this barrage of information and new stuff all at one in one setting, then say, hey, do you want to do this? Right. Um, you right. started the conversation earlier with pre-qualification, which is uh, there's a lot of good tools out there. Matter of fact, groundwork. Yeah. Uh, is a excellent video pre-qualification tool that actually customers can, I think they download something on their side and they can take videos right. of what they're looking for and you can start reviewing and assessing that before right. you get there, start preparing people. Do you sure. think also one one help, I mean, if there's anything else in pre-qualification, I'd like to know, but um, one thought is, um, it's almost escaping me here. It is, oh, I know, content creation because content is king. We're all about content. Estimate Rocket puts out tons of content like this podcast and we're expanding even the content of this podcast to video. It's already, um, you know, yeah. audio. We put little clips here and there. So it's all about you create a little bit and make a lot out of that. But um, right. as companies are doing more of that and, and arming their customers with information to know how to assess, you know, the different contractors that are giving bids, like how do I know it's the right kind of a bid? You know, how do I know it's right. like when it's fair? Um, how do I know when it's really meeting my needs or this company's really good? But do you think that offering more of that kind of content um, via links or emails or texts or whatever before you get to that estimate could help as well? Oh, sure. Customer? Okay. Oh, absolutely. A lot of people will do a, you know, a pre-meeting campaign to the customer or the prospect of a variety of different things, maybe examples of your work in their area. Um, you know, some stuff about their procedures, how, you know, what to expect when we do work for you. And you can lay out the, you know, kind of that you're a white glove company and everything's taken care of. And, you know, we, we, uh, we wear booties when we come into your house and those kinds of things, you know, those kinds of things can all help to set the customer's expectations ahead of time, sort of to soften them up for when you get there to do your presentation. So that that stuff definitely helps. Okay. Is there anything else that can help a customer. I mean, again, given mm. that this might be an option for your company and though it doesn't sure. fit all cases, is there anything else that kind of can help move things towards a sign on the spot situation? Um, you really, if again, depending upon the type of thing you're going to do, if you're going to try to do it in a one shot, you really have to have your, your process dialed in for what you do from the minute you pull in the driveway till the minute you present them something and that's a step-by-step, okay, I'm going to go in, I'm going to do a quick meet and greet, three minutes, then I'm going to say, let's go evaluate your project and look at the spaces, 
then depending upon the type of estimate it is, you may have to say, okay, give me a couple minutes in this room and then we'll move on to the next room or this area, we'll move on to the next area or exterior. Okay, great. Get an idea of what you're looking for. You know, give me about 15 minutes or a half hour, whatever it's going to take, you know, whatever you know it's going to take you to do a walk around and get all the details for you. And then I can propose you. Mm. You really have to know that you really have to have a process for that. And that process is, you know, that's an outline. Then you, you're going to probably have some tools that you're going to use to implement that process. Mm, yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, you know, there are tools out there. We're, we're one that we've built estimate rocket to um, anticipate that, that right. opportunity. Right. I know um, Nick may at walls by design has a very, um, really articulated system, very mm -hmm. clear steps when their estimators go in there. It's almost right. like a checklist. You're doing these things. You're talking to the customers about, about these yeah. things. This is how and I forget if he does sign on the spot or not, but yeah. the point is like, yeah, that could, again, if you need time and they need to be informed and they need to feel prepared, we'll take the right. whole course of the estimating procedure to do that. And actually, as you were talking about that, it reminds me, I think it was Paris painting, um, mm -hmm. They did a presentation at a conference called Paint by Numbers, and they were talking about their estimating process. And when they're going around on exteriors and they're talking to people about what they're going to be doing, each step of the way, each side of the building, they're yep. talking to the person and saying, does this sound does this sound right to you? They're getting feedback. They're actually right. making it very interactive to where the person is giving small yeses all throughout to when right. it comes time for a big yes, they're primed. They're, they're right. kind of re they're ready to go. That they're makes perfect sense. Them. So yeah. I, I like, like David extended, but it does require tons of planning, doesn't it? <laughs> it really does. You really got to have your, you know, you really have to have a script done out that not out every word you're going to say, but all of the steps that you're going to take from the time you get there till, you know, the time you leave. Otherwise you're just going to be, you're going to flounder and then the customer is going to sense that because you're trying to work too quickly or you're not, you know, you're, you're going back to things. You kind of want it to be sequenced in a, in a, you know, moving forward way. And if you don't have that sequence done out, you're going to be going back to some step. They're going, oh, well, why didn't you ask me that earlier when we were covering those other things? So really having your ducks lined up for that stuff before you go in. Obviously, you're going to have to do a few trials. You're going to have to go see a few customers yeah. to get that process nailed down. You're not going to, you know, it's not going to be perfect the first time you do it. But over time, you know, you keep tweaking those processes and before you know it, you've got this thing that's just a well-oiled machine that, you know, helps you close those deals every time on the spot. Okay. So are there any challenges to doing this that we haven't mentioned yet? One is it, they may have not tried it yet. I mean, even having a trial and error saying, hey, does this process work? Let me try that out there and right. hone my process. Anything else, other things that might be challenges that people need to work through and trying to create that as an option? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest part of that is it, it kind of depends upon what type of job it is. I'm sure there's jobs that are so complex to like, maybe a good example would be a foundation repair. So you're going to end up having to get an engineer on the site to come out and evaluate some of the things that may have to be done. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot more technical things involved uh, to do that estimate. So that's going to be a hard one to close on this. Again, we we talk about clothes on the spot, but there are two kinds of clothes on the spot. There's the, I go out, I see them, I greet them, I estimate it, I quote them, and I get signed. 
That's one. The other one is the two phase where you've got this, you know, first round of either qualifications and or, you know, site visit to see what's going on. And then you come back and you may have to figure out what technology you're going to use for this. Um, and again, it really depends upon, it's very, very trade specific in terms of which ones really lend themselves to closing on the spot and which mm-hmm. ones you got to, you know, do a two phase for. Well, then let me ask you, when you talk about phases, if you mm-hmm. A, miss the sign on the spot opportunity or they, they mm-hmm. say no, or sure. you know that that's not the right time to sign on the spot that you have, what are the next pieces like? You know, what, what do we see people doing and what do we think is best practices for sure. what should come after sign on the spot if you if you didn't nail it then? Yeah, I mean, um, like any other aspect of your project with your client is communications. You know, you got to clearly establish what you're going to do next for them. If it's something that you just didn't have all the information for or the, the one of the decision makers wasn't present or something like that, you just have to make sure you're communicating, you know, uh, you know, frequently with the customer and make sure that they know what's going to happen next and that they're in tune and set their expectations for what your expectations are in terms of what the next steps are to get it completed. So it's really, it's really communications and, 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 you know, early and often is my uh, catchphrase for how communication should be done. You really want to be communicating with them frequently. Yeah. And I think, you know, that could sound overwhelming to some people to think like, well, how do I, how do I do that? How do I keep mm. up with, you know, once I do the job, I'm on to the next job and I've got my team moving on to the next thing. Everybody's moving forward. Right. But I think part of that isn't that about automation. Um, making yeah, sure absolutely. You're something in process. And that starts at the beginning too. create. I mean, right. one, having a tool that does that estimate rocket, estimate yeah. rocket does that, but right. um, you really do have to have something that you set at, you set in motion from the time you get the customer or you get the lead Right, And then communicating that, you know, we have it in Estimate Rocket that every stage of the lead communication, scheduling the estimate, doing the actual estimate, any kind of right. follow-up, like everything sits, sets off its own campaign that right. it, you could just wait on that period, but it's being worked for you. So right. that would be a big, important part of that. What did you say? Oh, totally. Otherwise, it's I, overwhelming I, to to think about doing all that yourself. I, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, without automated and and automated, you know, follow up procedures are at every phase of the project. It's not really just at sales time. It's at sales time. It's after you close, before you start the work. It's while you're doing the work. It's after you've done the work, and then it's ongoing to you know keep that customer coming back for more. Even uh, after it really never ends. Even after the close of the project and final invoice and all that stuff. Absolutely. Something dripping to them still to say when's the right. Next yeah, I mean, you just got to re- be reaching out to them on a regular basis because, especially in in you know in general in home services, people are constantly doing different things to their properties. You know, depending upon what your what your trade is, but painting for obviously that's a recurring you know thing. Outside, yeah. it's almost like on a calendar. You you can easily predict when they're going to need more work done on their exterior. Um, uh, it's almost like the person who deliver in the, if you have uh, oil heat, you know, that somebody know, how do they know to come and fill my tank again? Well, they actually have a, a system where they yeah. put in how many gallons they added. Uh, what are the, uh, what do they call them? Degree days. They calculate the government produces this thing, this, uh, degree day index that will tell you how much heating you're going to need between this time, you know, mm-hmm. over this period of time. And then, and, and 
they can calculate it out pretty close. Um, so they know exactly when you're going to need your next oil fill. So that's, that's a lot of, again, the premise of what estimate rocket was built for to help automate a lot of those things. And yeah, absolutely stay up yeah. on top. I just, I know people get overwhelmed when they think like, ah, oh, it's one thing to start the job or to finally land the job. Now I got to keep on. Right. Well, you, hopefully you have, um, the software tools resources that help you do that because it's it's impossible to do manually all these things you have to be doing um talk to me real quick about um i mean this idea is kind of an afterthought maybe but maybe closing on the spot part of the problem too is all the objections that come up Mm -hmm. um when you know people are like all the reasons why they shouldn't do it you know, maybe, right. maybe that's a little bit more of the, not easier, but you do have to have kind of a sales mindset and has a prepared script to handle objections. Does that help kind right. of through the process? I think, the spot? I think the big part of that is, again, the, um, the objections have to be part of your process. You have to, you have to plan on those. So you got to keep your list of what are the objections and you got to, you know, have know how you're going to address each of those objections in a you know reasonable way. The better, if you're prepared for it, you know, most objections can be overcome fairly easily unless you're just not a good fit, in which case you probably don't want to do that job anyway. But mm-hmm. there, there are reasonable, you know, uh, uh, there, there are set ways to overcome objections, right? Yeah. And you just have to have those, you know, in your, in the can for you to pull up when you need them. What would you say, like have top, top 30 objections that, you kind of train uh, yourself and your team I, on or what? I'd say it's a lot less than that to tell you the truth. Okay. You, you can't, you know, what you want to do is kind of generalize the objections. You know, the objections typically are going to be price. They're going to be timing. Uh, and they may be um, a, like a squishy concern. Like, you know, do you hire your own people? Are they, do they, do you do background checks on them? Do you, those kinds of, you know, personnel type questions and mm. who's actually going to do my work questions. Um, but I think there's probably five or six, you know, five or six areas that you'd be prepared for that you need to be prepared for okay. with objections that kind of cover the basis of most of them. Price is probably the most common one. Um, and that's the one that you just got to be prepared to talk about your company and what you do that that's your differentiator. Oh, I'm just saying, I'm guessing even through the estimating process, you could almost build into, again, your routine and your system right. that's planned on scripted right. as you're right. doing stuff. You let people know, by the way, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. almost kind of, again, priming them so that they kind of already have the answers to it by the time they get to the end. Right. Uh, but totally. I think also you could source some of the like, well, what questions do people ask? What should I, well, talk to your team, ask, yeah. ask what you write down, what you've heard, ask your team yeah. what they've heard put them into some categories. So it's kind of easier to learn them. Right. You know, STG sales transformation group, they do a lot of role-playing and right. they truly are given case yeah. scenarios for their employees, for their sales team and running them through. If you were asked this question, yeah. how would you answer? And they, they make them answer as if they were the customer. Yeah. The customer. Totally works. Yeah. yeah I, I think so. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, role-playing is one of the best things you can, you can do. You yeah. can accomplish a lot quickly with doing role playing. And the principle here is even if people aren't, like you said, even if it's not a fit for everyone to sign on the spot, you're really getting them as close to possible to making a decision in their head that this is the direction right. they want to go. Before you leave there, you want them more right. or less to think, I want this company. Because if you leave right. 
they're not really sure i want this company there's a mm -hmm. that's a big open door a lot of companies and other big open door, open door. Yeah. yeah so yeah. i think and, it's and the reality point. is there's a lot of there are also a lot of um a lot of charlatans out there that are, are selling you a bill of goods and right. you could get eaten by one of those guys and well you know shame on the prospect for not going for the quality you know that happens yeah. uh, but there's some you don't want to lose to that right so you got to be prepared That's for sure point. it's good talk i know we're going to try to get to some very practical ideas like this um i know sometimes we stay big strategy but getting into because we see a lot of the processes of the contractors that we work with right. we see what's working we see what's not working so we're trying to get into the granular a little bit and say hey i don't know if you guys know about this but there's some tricks here um, that yeah. can help so i like it so yeah it's it really does boil a lot down to the processes and just planning it out and, and regardless of whether you close on the spot that that having that process down is an important thing for you to do it works whether you're closing on the spot on your first visit or your second visit whenever you're doing it, having a process and knowing what the sequence is, is going to help you to A, be com more confident when you're going in to do the presentations and to, you know, to, to close more deals, you know, just it, being practiced and polished gives people confidence in you that you know what you're talking about and you're not, you know, bullshitter and you're, you know, you're, you're someone they want to do business with. Let me, I want to throw out a last thing. Maybe let's take another five minutes to talk about, but there is a salesperson. Uh, I mm -hmm. forgot who, what his name was. Maybe I'll put it in show notes if I think about it. He had this sales process. He said it was get to know. G mm -hmm. Keep getting people with yeses, yeses, yeses until you get a no on something. Because what yeah. he said, and tell me what you think about this. He yeah. said that once they are able to say no, it's kind of empowering right. to them, but then you know where the edges are and you could back up to get another yes. So right. it's almost like, you granted a customer their power back to say no to something. So they don't feel like they're being swindled <laughs> or manipulated. Right. And then you're saying, oh, actually, I like knowing that that's not what you want. Is this more? Right. Of, oh, this? So it almost is like you're giving them more of what they want, not just what you want them to want. Right. Do, do you think that's an effective tool in that process? Uh, in the I, think there, I think there's a lot to that. I think it's probably the opposite of what most of the you know sales gurus teach. Right. But but I do, I recall hearing, and I can't remember who the, who the uh, person was that, that, uh, that pushes that, that one. Um, but I get that. It was the one you, you know, once you get to know, then I think the way I've also heard that is when you get the no, you've also found their pain point potentially. Okay. So now, you know what you, you know, as long as they keep saying yes, all right, they're going along, but there's usually is something, there's some hesitation or some there's some no in there. And if you get them to know, then you know how to, you know, you know how to approach it to finish this off. Whereas until you get to that, that no, or oh, I'm not sure or whatever, you don't know where to, you know, everything's going fine. Are they going to, but are they going to sign? Right. And I guess the no could be, all right, all, everything sounds good. Are you ready to sign? And when they, and they say no, and you go, Ah, okay. Well, let's let's talk about this. Okay. What are you what are your concerns? And you can find out what their real hangups might be. And it might just be, well, I really have to tell my husband about it. Well, can you get him on the now? This listen, I'm not good at this, I will freely admit. But I've heard people that are great at it and they would say, Hey, any possibility we can get him on the phone? It sounds like, you know, what we've talked about so far sounds like what you want to do. If we get him on the phone, maybe we can talk to him. You know, because ideally, if you want to get this done in the short term, the sooner we lock it in, 
you know, the better chance that we're going to be able to get the job done for you when you want it done. And, and I imagine that sounded really good. Didn't it, Chris? Yeah, that's really good. (laughs) I think it's great. The other thing with that too is, Hey, do you think that I could answer some questions that you may not know how to answer if your husband or your spouse was asking about it? Right. And I could make that a little bit easier on you. You're kind of relieving them of the burden to have to share all the details. And it's almost like I could do you some of it. But yeah, I think those are all, there's a lot there. There's a lot of opportunity that's probably unrecognized. So thus unutilized by a lot of salespeople. Um, so getting your systems right, honing it, trying, you yeah. know, do some trial and error for a few months right. and say, Hey, we're, we're not sure about these things. Let's see how it works out there in the field. And then you can build it, the, the answer right into your process. That should probably be always evolving. Don't you think? Yeah. Oh, I, absolutely. And, and again, you might, you know, if you go out and you, there's some great books on sales, you may read a couple books and you may find that, you know, this one is just not, you know, it's sort of like the story of the three bears. This one's like, nah, I can never do that. That's just not my style. I got to, you know, or, but there might be some good stuff in there. And then you, you know, check another one. I was like, no, no, that's too, that's on the opposite extreme. And then you find the, you know, the uh, middle bear, the mama bear. And it's like, oh, I like that. But I'm going to take these, this piece from this one and this piece from this one and incorporate it. And then I've got my sales process, which is a combination of some, you know, all the different styles and things out there. Cause you, cause you have to consider when you come up with your process, you do have to consider your business. Like yeah. you, you, every business is different. Every business has slightly different focus. So you read this sales, you know, sales uh, methodology book of one person. Well, it, 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 there may be great concepts in there, but those concepts might not apply specifically to how you want to do things or, you know, you take the things you need to win, but not the things that aren't, yeah. don't fit you or your, your philosophy or your, your, uh, your personality or whatever to make sure you get a That's winning fair. combo. That's fair. That's totally fair. Mm-hmm. And it, it takes a little bit of the pain of trying to learn new things or diminishes the pain because you're, if it doesn't feel like you don't you just learn the things, you right. let go of the right. things that aren't you take them, the things that are absolutely it takes the fear out of learning maybe a little bit. It can be overwhelming thinking, I got to do all this. Oh, totally. no, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel right. It's okay. Those yeah. don't feel right. One or two things. Exactly. Yep. But anyway, I think that's all good uh, discussion. Cool. Thank you for your time today on Estimate Rocket Radio. Awesome. My pleasure, Chris. Always enjoy it. This is Estimate Rocket Radio. Join our team at EstimateRocket.com. Podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.